Good morning, everyone. It is the 1st of February, and I'm joined today by Patrick Good, Alex Byrne, and Asim Kadri. It was quite a week in the US markets, with the S&P 500 seeing its worst one-day fall since October. We had some very strong figures from the likes of Apple and Facebook, but both these tech giants declined to offer any future guidance, and that's for the fourth quarter in a row, which is, of course, unsettling. But what caught the headlines was this extraordinary bout of volatility as retail investors took on the hedge funds, shorting stocks such as GameStop. Alex, talk us through what happened there. Thanks, Lorna. Yeah, so it was quite extraordinary, really. I don't know how much of it was the retail investors taking on the hedge funds and how much of it was just people looking for a quick buck, but it's up for debate. So during lockdown, there's been this huge rise in online investments, apps and websites, one of which being Robinhood. So it's now got 13 million users, the use of which is obviously skyrocketed during lockdown as people are either furloughed or bored or looking for something to do with the stimulus checks or whatever it is. That combined with these message boards, things like Reddit, where people are talking about investments and what to buy, culminated in a range of different stocks being targeted. Specifically, what people on those message boards were targeting was the short squeeze, which is essentially where hedge funds, typically, where they've shorted certain stocks, are forced to buy to close their positions. So they're targeting the most heavily shorted stocks within the universe. So one of which was GameStop, started the year at about $17 and ended at a high of 470 during the week before coming off to 130 before opening again at 380 so i mean it's been massive volatility triple digit moves on the day market caps up from 1 billion to 23 billion so just incredible moves for individual stocks the problem that they had was that of those 13 million users on Robinhood, half of them have got some exposure to gamestop so what they did was to stop investors from being able to buy GameStops and they cancelled some late orders as well. Users saw this as an attack on freedom and them citing Wall Street and hedge funds and a conspiracy, whereas it probably comes down to the fact that if you've got half your users investing in one particular stock, although you might have some margin protection, you've got a massive concentration risk there. So they were forced as a company to draw massive cash reserves, lines of credit in the region of 600 million. They had a 1 billion investor bailout, which kind of flew in the radar. Obviously, it's not the kind of thing they want to come out and broadcast. So what was initially kind of seen as a quick book is now turned into a sort of stick it to the man trade. But there's all these other things in the underlying that are going on as well. The result being that the VIX climbed to its highest level since November. Yeah, so this obviously had a, an impact on it. As well as that, there's this continuing balance between the developed markets having the only strategy to deal with the coronavirus being the vaccine rollout. So you've got the balance between that and, you know, the currentness of the lockdowns that are going on at the minute and what effect they've got on short term earnings, which are now coming up. So there's this shift between maybe we've anticipated a little bit too much in the earnings and do we need to take those down a little bit? So there's these ongoing negative impacts on the market, which I think we'll see continue for the next few weeks at least. Yes, extraordinary scenes. And among all this turmoil, Patrick, reassuring commentary from the US Federal Reserve in response to a highly uncertain outlook. Yeah, absolutely. The Federal Reserve's January policy meeting took place last week and in the minutes released by the Fed, Jerome Powell highlighted that policymakers are unlikely to begin tapering its asset purchase program anytime soon. That news is relatively positive for markets and certainly gives a lot more certainty in terms of what interest rates will look like going forward. As a result of that, yields in the US declined slightly, taking into account this new extra news. But overall, yeah, you're right, this this, uh, large policy announcement was somewhat overlooked. And if we stay with central banks for a moment, Asim, the People's Bank of China created its own bout of volatility. It tightened conditions and withdrew liquidity. Yes, that's right, Lorna. So during the start of last week, we saw the People's Bank of China suddenly tighten financial conditions by withdrawing 
12 billion US dollar of net liquidity through its open market operations. But the central bank has been under some pressure over recent months to tighten conditions given the strength of the Chinese X market, which has seen significant inflows and consequently risen to its highest level since global financial crisis. And that there are also other risks in the financial system, such as high leverage and the amount of debt in the property sector, which have also gathered attention recently. So I, I see the move last week really as a step to address these risks rather than being the start of a longer lasting reduction in stimulus. And I would, on the whole, expect the central bank to remain supportive of the economy at this stage of the cycle. Yeah, as you mentioned, the move did lead to some market volatility uh, with short term rate rising and the onshore equity index in China fell by 2% on Tuesday, which is fairly unsurprising given the Chinese equity market is heavily sentiment and liquidity driven. And rather nervous sentiment it is at the moment. If we turn to the week ahead then, Alex, how do you see this day trader versus hedge fund story developing from here? So I think the hedge funds are likely to continue to short, at least some of them anyway. It was a value trade, but it's almost entirely speculative now. I said it's on 125 times PE, so it seems like an obvious one for them to target. It's not obviously going to help volatility, but it's one that I can see at least tactically shorted by hedge funds. The short interest, which is the level of short that's done on the stock, is still at 122%. It's only come down from 144%. So although some people have closed their positions, it's likely to continue. And the probably the bigger risk is what Robinhood are going to do to try and mitigate some of the risks that they've got in that single stock. Indeed. And the, more of the big US tech companies reporting, Patrick? Yeah, certainly. We have got a couple of reports coming out this week from the likes of Alphabet and Amazon. And it's going to provide a lot of insight into see where these large businesses or how these large businesses have weathered the overall COVID storm. One particular line or one particular fact, which is why impressive is that Google parent Alphabet is expected to break the $50 billion sales barrier void by recovery and digital ad spending during the holiday season. Similar benefit to Amazon where customers have blocked the website during lockdowns. So it's going to be an interesting week to see some of the data released from these tech giants. Yes, and hopefully a bit more clarity perhaps in terms of guidance, difficult though that might be. And then to end the week, we have the US non-farm payroll number for January. What are we expecting there? Yes, there's a lot of interest in this jobs figure. It's certainly going to go a long way to help analysts and investors pinpoint which sections of the economy are showing signs of recovery and which are showing signs of strain. You know, the December non-farm payroll figure showed a loss of jobs around 140,000. So analysts are expecting an increase of about 55,000 jobs in, in January. We'll watch that with interest. Thank you all very much indeed. Thank you, Thanks, Lauren.